Relentless MMA and Fitness at 2118 Highway 45 in Columbus, Mississippi takes on the best martial arts training in Columbus today. Proudly training people of all ages and abilities. At Relentless, the goal is to provide the Golden Triangle with quality martial arts in a safe, family-friendly fashion to see mixed martial arts grow, teaching self-defense, fitness, and training to athletes of all calibers. At Relentless, we strive to be the best mixed martial arts gym by working to provide the best coaches and instructors curriculum and offer a clean, safe, fun environment for you and your family to learn. Plus, there's something for all ages and experience levels. Come see us today at Relentless MMA and Fitness, 2118 Highway 45, Columbus, Mississippi. Or call today for more information, 662-259-8005. That's 662-259-8005 for Relentless MMA and Fitness. 22 years. I'm loud as hell. And <laughs> this man and Johnny Little are the only two that I can hear in my corner. Now, yeah. I will say this. John Jackson, he never has to be in my corner to be my corner. You'll hear he him from the parking lot. He can be out in the parking lot, and yeah. he's yelling. And I've literally Give like, me old dick twist. Yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, I think it was the Trey Manley fight. I think yeah. I, I accidentally caught Trey in the nads. Uh-huh. So, we broke apart. He's taking his minute. And JJ, because obviously they go to a, a neutral corner. You're not supposed to be allowed to have your corners talk to you during right. that time. Exactly. The loophole of that is if you got a guy out in the ring with a loud enough voice, JJ's out here in the back yelling at me to tell me what to do. Completely yeah. silent crowd. Yeah. And JJ in the very back of the crowd yelling. He's loud, scream. though. Oh, God. Yeah. He's got a loud voice. Very. He's like me because I got a loud voice like that. <clears throat> and he's got a loud voice. But uh, he's another man that's that's. He's he's good. He's very good. Very good. I've watched he's him fight a bunch his, of times, and, he, and his jujitsu is. I believe sh- Dustin and JJ are on par for each other for highest fighter IQ out of all of Black Sales. Really? Like, yeah. yeah. Like me, I'm like down at the bottom. Like I'm I'm like a robot. Like whoever, my, whatever my corner says, I'm just running. I don't care what my opponent's doing. Speaking of the remote control, man, this guy right here, man. Whatever you yell, he's gonna do it within a couple seconds. Really, it don't matter. I love fighters it like don't that. Matter. That's he, my favorite fighter. Literally, like rock, rock control. You're mashing A, he's doing it. Yeah, if I, I like, so, I I will I will uh, I'll corner some fighters that are that way. Those are my favorite fighters to corner. Yeah, and they always perform well when they do that. Right. Because like I can see things that you can't. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like there's things that when you're in there you just can't. I put see. my full trust. That's why Dustin's always been in my corner. I put my full trust in the in this man. Yeah. I don't care if I don't agree with what he's yelling. If he's yelling it, it means he sees it, and I don't. I'm just running. Just throw it. I just I, I trust him. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Like, yeah. and that's I think that's the biggest problem with a lot of big time fighters is that they, they get their head filled with mm-hmm. the idea of I'm the man. Okay, you got to remember who brought you here. Right. You know, you got to remember where your roots from. You were nothing until you had coaches and trainers. Right. You know, like like. Is, says it, one, is it Colby Covington that that literally had his girlfriend or if he nah, runs Mike there, Perry? Mike, Mike, Mike Perry, Perry, Mike yeah. Perry. Okay, Mike Perry. That was the craziest shit I've ever heard. Yeah, there was, was some like, weird stuff going with them though with Jackson Wink though him yeah. and Cerrone when they fought. Yeah. So I don't know if something happened there with their coaches or something. Is why he don't have a team anymore. Yeah. Or, well, I think that's why Cerrone started moving to training at BMF his, by his himself because yeah. he was like, I've been here the longest, and you're. You're picking another guy. You're, you're yeah, picking I mean, Mike Perry, but yeah. which I meant, you know, I enjoyed the fight because, as Dustin said, I'm a, I just don't know as I'm a, a gym what you fan. would do. Because I mean, it's I a UFC fight. Yeah, 
you're gonna make money. Why right. not let the guys fight? Mm-hmm. But at right. the same time, how do you handle it? Right. I, I don't I, I split Didn't the George St. Yeah, Pierre so, yeah. have what, the same thing? Yeah, this happened a few times at a, few, at a couple different camps, and it's happened to Jackson Wink a couple times. I want to say that him and some other guy were teammates, and they basically like, all right. This half of the gym is mine. I'm gonna do my thing. Right. You go do your thing, yeah. and yeah. we'll meet in the cage. And, and you know they had they had that issue because you know uh, GSP used to do his jujitsu at Henzo Gracie Academy when him and Matt, Matt Sarah fought. So John Donaher was was training GSP for jujitsu, but couldn't teach him for the Matt Sarah fight because Matt Sarah is like a it's, founding member right. of Henzo Gracie right. Academy. Absolutely, yeah. So it's like, man, we gotta we gotta stick with our guy. If I were doing it and I had two fighters, I guess the only thing I could do is try to split the day. Like, all right, man, you come in, like, because it's not like us where we're all working jobs, which I'm not, but, you know, most yeah. most guys are working jobs. Same. And, Quit yeah. my job. Thank God. And, January 4th. That's this year. it. That's it. Rock and roll, that'd baby. Be, that'd be tough to get past mentally, though. Yeah. Man, fucking, you got to train. I could fight my homeboy, but it's just the, the, the camp side of it. But I mean, training tough. two of your. Fucking, yeah, that'd be well, tough. Well, that's like me and him had a rank test uh, going up for one of our belts, and we, we knew we were going to have to spar each other. We literally meet up early that morning. We hug each other and say, no matter what happens today, we're still boys at the end. And right. we beat the ever-living Fuck, dog out of, out of each other. That's the only way to do it, man. I yeah, feel yeah. like if you've never punched your homeboy in the face, nah, y'all ain't really homeboy. Because nah, nah. you, you don't know if you can trust him or not. You don't really know. Yeah. You don't really know. I don't think we've ever actually had an argument like face-to-face. Over, like I said, we've been friends 22 years. Yeah. I don't think we've ever actually had to settle an argument with words. We just simply, if one of us was pissed at the other one, we sparred that day. Meet me, and it at, was me at the with. gym, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. I, I don't have a single close friend I haven't punched in the face multiple times. Other than my wife. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's the only one. Good I, clarification. Yeah, other than my wife. I can't say the same because my wife trains. I got you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's the funniest shit you will ever see. I, I, I will remember this to the day I die. Him and Carly were sparring. Carly's dad used to be one of our coaches. Um, and he was just on Carly, on Carly, on Carly about correcting something. And Carly gets mad and unloads a five punch combo. Me being a dumbass, having my hands down. Do, 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 do. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> We're about to see some issues. Selling <laughs> <laughs> some relationship issues. But hey, man. If, I get to deal with that now. My girl just started training with us. We've yeah. been together about six months. And yeah. like, I think two weeks into date, and she's like, hey, I want to try this martial arts stuff that you do. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Two weeks later, after classes, Every she's time I come home, she's kicking me. She's going to the gym. <laughs> she's telling me, hey, I deadlifted this much. All right, well, I guess that means I got to go deadlift more because I can't just, let you get stronger Just than to me. let you know. Let you know what's up. Let I've you been know trying to up. get my wife to do jujitsu for fucking years, and she is not. Yeah, my wife hasn't, has never really she's been into it either. Either. Man, I'm telling you, one class, or they're addicted. Like, That's yeah. what I fucking told you. Yeah, one it. class, they're addicted. Yeah, yeah. My, my wife's tried it. Just, and she got into it, but we, you know, we got three kids at home, and for her to be here during class time because I'm teaching – and then so for her to be here in there in class time, we'd have to have somebody to watch the kids. Watch the kids, right. Me and, and so, Caleb was discussing the other day, man. We was talking about our gym. And I told him, I said, man, we don't have a problem with people quitting. You know, we have a problem with getting people in the gym because we come from a football town, man. And it's just – that's all it is. Football, right. football, football. It's football, right. you know. Ugh. And it's getting people in the gym to try because there's a guy in our town that teaches karate. That says, I like the air quotes. That, that he says he trains under bullshit. Bruce Lee. <laughs> you know, that guy approached Mo at fucking Cracker Barrel. Right. Anyway, um, he um, it, once they try one class, man, they're stuck. Yeah, they're, they're there. See, a lot of forever. people, I think, because when they they hear martial arts, they think that bullshit karate, karate stuff yeah, that yeah. like 
you know, and I'm not saying that all traditional martial arts is total no, bullshit. No, I train in karate. No, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I got a majority I, of my kicks from karate. Like, I, I do. I did a lot of traditional yeah. martial arts before I got into Muay Thai, but um, a lot of what you're you're seeing in these small towns, even in big town, like these school, it's bullshit. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's bull. It's, it's shit. a money machine. It's a money man. machine. Yeah, and the thing about what I set out to do in my town was I wanted to prove that I could make real money teaching legitimate martial arts. Right, right. That's what I wanted to prove. That's not even Good quality tried. martial arts. Good quality, yeah. yeah. We literally just wanted a place because... Man, it had, was kind of selfish, honestly, because when me and him opened the gym, it was kind of like, all right, bro, the days we're not at Black Sales, we need somewhere to train. Yeah. You know, so let's just that's do why, That's let's why I'm for my gym, too. Let's do something. Yeah. You know? That's why I'm for and my I gym. And I opened up a gym, and I was like, screw it. You know, we started out in a little fitness facility inside of a room, and then mm -hmm. immediately it grew. Like, I deal with anxiety a lot. And this motherfucker's going to text me and say, hey, on the way to Black Sales, because he, uh, he drives an hour, literally, to go train at Black Sales every single day that we go train. I live 15 minutes from there. Yeah. Um, so he meets me and we ride. He said, on the way there, I got to talk to you about something. So automatically, because I deal with anxiety, <laughs> I hate I'm thinking, do. okay, what did I do wrong? <sighs> what have I said? That's what have bad. I done? Yeah. He, he, I hate you know, it when people do that shit He gets to me. in the car and I'm like, he doesn't say anything. Finally, it breaks. I'm like, all right, bro, tell me. What have I done? <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? I was like, tell me about what you wanted to talk about. He said, oh, I almost forgot about it. He's like, look, bro, you know, I started primal and everything. I want you to be co-owner of it. I want us to do this together. I'm like, so, like, you want me to, t no, I want you to be co-owner. Yeah. Like, And I'm like, I've never been owner of anything, anything yeah. in my life. Yeah. Man, two when years, I started, two years bro. later, we've got what fifty something students. Yeah, fifty students. It's not a lot, you know, yeah. man. But for our small town, it is a lot. Yeah, you know? it's a big deal for me. Uh, my personal goal for twenty twenty was to get fifty on the roster. Yeah. And now, you know, we're gonna try to try to get eighty next year. You know, seventy five, eighty. You know, yeah. that's just our goal for next year. You know, that's and uh, so I mean, we're, 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 we're slowly we're growing, man. And you know. What's what's yeah. tough is coaching and fighting at the same time. It is yeah. that that's yeah. where I'm finding that's the hardest really, really time because you know I've seen and being firsthand seeing yeah. seeing coaches you know just take their students and use them as punching bags. Punching I did bags. It. I did it one time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and I'm a very <laughs> one, of, one of my old punching bags right there. You just as a coach, you got to be a selfish person, man. Well, as, a, as a fighter, I mean, not not as a fighter, as you got to be a selfish person. You yeah. know, as a coach, you have to be selfless. Selfless. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and that's I, and I think I think that I'm it's good. The balance. I think it's really good for fighters to have to coach sometimes because Absolutely. you have to, you need to learn to be selfless. Yeah. You need to learn to like be part of the team because I'm one of these people. I got to brag on this guy for a second, like because he's only had one pro fight. He should have had about 10 by now. Yeah. But he's literally dedicated his time to helping me get my pro fights ready, and he refused to, to be on the same card as me. Right. So now I'm trying to help. Jesus, Jake. Gonna it's the last shot, man. Last one. I'm good. Last yeah, you're one. You're going to kill me. <laughs> last one. Dustin going to have to drive home. I promise you, I'm good. <laughs> All right. All right. I, I watched your last fight. It was that was a good. Uh, fight. Was yeah, a I mean, who was who was your last fight? I don't remember his name, man. It, dude, I, the, <laughs> I, I I watched you, Dustin. I watched. I judged your fight against what's his name, Nick Guida, or yeah, that dude was dude, tough, man. That guy, super that fucking guy. tough, bro. Dude, he was tough as shit. Where's your Where's your shot glass, Wes? Oh, All right, I got it in my hand. Did you drink it? No, oh. it's right here. <laughs> Look, Damn, you owe me a shot. Last one. All right, Look, I've that was probably the one of the more impressive stand because that was amateur, right? Yes, that's my last amateur fight for the title. 
that was one of the more impressive performances I've seen from amateur. Not because of how good your stand-up looked. It looked great. But because of how good your stand-up looked against who it looked that good against. Right. Like, yeah. But I say Nick's fought it like what? Three Dude, he's, weight yeah, yeah, he's, he's fought like so 55, many times. 45, 45 55, 70. 70. Yeah, he fights. He'll just fight anybody yeah, in any weight class. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put my two cents in. MMA needs to get with the program. Quit doing this whole 55, jumping yeah. up to 70. They just right. agree. 55, too big 65, 75, yeah. and 85. Yeah. Yeah. every 10 pounds, and I, I believe. See, that was my issue. Was I... I will I come was, back to MMA immediately. I would if do they bring a 65 for sure. Fight. That would See, be an easy, easy ass. Cut, back man. in the day, had they had a 95 class, yeah. I'd have been golden. But dude, yeah. I, I was Bare cutting. Uncle does. I was saying. fuck that. <laughs> so you think they should use the boxing? I, something more similar because I was cutting from like I couldn't get anything lower than 98. I think every 10 pounds is sufficient. I do. Yeah. I do too. Like when I would get to 98, and then everything from 98 to 85 was water. Day of, because once you get to fifty five, it's like, dude. Pounds, so you're the you're, 15, you're right? the fighter that cuts three or four pounds the day of weigh-ins. Huh? I was cutting like 10, 15 pounds day. Okay, yeah. see, again, my anxiety does not let me. I I make weight Thursday night. If weigh-ins are Friday <laughs> at three o'clock, Thursday night at midnight, I'm hitting one fifty five or one sixty five, and I'm going to bed and sleeping. But the you got it down to a science, man. Like you. When, you know, the next day when you fight, like you, you're back up. Yeah, I'm up. 20 pounds up. See, if, I would, I, if I cut 50, cut to 55, I'm 75 stepping in the room. Yeah, when I was I was walking like 95, 200, 205, 210, something like that. I was cutting 170, and I like I could get down to 190, and I was cutting all water from 190 to 170. So, what year did we go train in California? This this is still on the subject. Ooh, that's 2016. 16? I, no, I, was, I don't think it was that long way, was it? That was the year of the, that was the year of the uh, Dita fight uh, with Nick. Whatever well, year that I'm was. Almost sorry, it's 2016 or 2016. Okay, all right, well, yeah. whatever. Anyway, when I walked in that gym over there at, at Dan Henderson's, they were like, "Bro, you're a 55 er What the fuck? I was 205 at the time. Like 55 er You're a 55 er bro. I was like, dude, I, there's no way. No way. I'm there's over no here way praying. I cut to 55. Bro. I'm over here praying. Don't go to 55. <laughs> We're going to have to fight each other. Don't go to 55. Well, bro, the thing about that is, okay, that might be a possible cut for you if you were making enough money that you had like a private chef. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, maybe you so. You know what I mean? If, like you had like a, I had to do full time. That changes the game. Absolutely. My my fight with, with uh, Jim Allers, I had one. Yeah. That changed the game. That's a, like if you're when you have a private chef that's cooking all your meals, you all you're doing is fighting. All You don't have to like, think about it. You're not thinking you about shit else. It. Everything else is done for you. Your coaches have all your workouts. See, I've never had any of that because, like I said, I was. I haven't either. I, I trained myself for most of my fights. I was driving to, you know, I would drive to Tupelo like an hour and a half mm-hmm. for like a, a, a time or two out of the week, three times out of the week when I had fights coming up I, until I started my gym. Then I started my gym. Like when I fought Zeb, I was doing like 10 rounds, bag work, sprints, and running. That was it. That's all I was doing. I, w- I was doing he, – him and another guy would come spar with me and – no offense, their stand up really wasn't on par with the people I was going to be oh, fighting. Brand, right, brand spanking new. Yeah, yeah. his stand up really where, wasn't there. Where was you living when you were training with Bags? I was here. Wait, so you were traveling all the way to Jackson to train with Bags. I was just under Bags. Oh, I got you. I got you. Like I, you. I wasn't really training with Bags. I didn't I was, know you were under Bags. I, I got my purple belt under Bags, yeah. okay. and I, I actually well, I'm a blue belt under him. So I uh I have a lot of respect for Jared Bags to this Absolutely, day. Absolutely, man. I really. Like I that left. man is a dog. He will grind you to the point that you are nothing but dust. Yeah, he's a, he's a really good guy too, and yeah, and he he's he took it. You know, when I when I left, I, I really shouldn't have left. I left because I would hired these guys in from Brazil to come teach here, and I was hiring these black belts to come in from Brazil. And to be honest with you, man, they weren't that good. They just kind of sucked. 
they, they their jujitsu wasn't you that fell, good. You fell under the whole Brazilian flag. I wondered yeah. always, man, is it kind of like that over there in Brazil? I don't kind of like how karate is over here. Yeah, I don't know. Out of the out of the four you had, one of them was decent. <clears throat> I dude, uh, in one year's time, I shit you not. I've, I've said this on this podcast before. You talking about as a role was decent or as a coach? Probably the best coach was Leandro. Yeah, best his role was probably Leandro Cristiano. Was, yeah. Uh, I spent a hundred thousand dollars in one year. Oh shit! I spent a hundred grand of borrowed money bringing guys in from Brazil and Thailand because I was trying to create a turnkey model for martial yeah. arts so that yeah. I could scale, and um, realized it doesn't work. So who are you under now? I'm under Alan Belcher. You're under Alan. Yeah, okay. my black belt's under Alan. Okay, okay. Yeah, now, but who's I, Alan under? Uh, I think he's Diego under Diego something in it. In a Diego something. Something like that. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know. Yeah, See, I'm pretty sure it's Diego. Okay, I'm like you. I just don't get that into. Other it. than my coach, yeah, if I, I don't, don't know, know who I'm under, I don't, I don't either. I don't care as long as I'm getting better. I that, don't care that, what my ability is. Well, I don't care what my di- ranking. We're directly under Jarrett and Randall, and then then above Israel Gomez. Israel Gomez. Yeah. yeah so. Okay. And he's under Helios Naka. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think Alan actually made a guy his black belt from Helios Naka at one time. Okay. But I think he might. Okay. I don't know who he's under now. Yeah. And Alan's not even training anymore. Um, really? He's, you know, he's not involved. In, nah, he sold his gym, his gym to American Top Team. Right? He didn't sell it to him. He sold it to Mike Sanford. You know, Mike Sanford's been coaching there for oh, years. Yeah. He was already doing He's one of the OGs. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I like Mike. Yeah, like Mike. Mike actually owns it now. And it's still Generally, inside. what happens is I'm scrolling through Facebook, and if either something political or MMA-related pops up, Mike Sanford is in the comments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't see him on political <laughs> stuff because I don't follow political stuff on Facebook. Like I like. I try not to. Yeah, but. and I was. Uh, I, I'll never forget. I used to go to Allen's uh, a good bit, man. Every weekend when I was like seventeen, eighteen, I knew I, was, I knew I was gonna be fighting pretty soon in MMA. Yeah, like, I had kickbox, but I had not done MMA yet. I think I don't think I had my first MMA fight until I was nineteen, and uh, so I was traveling down there every weekend just about just to get spawned in on Saturdays. Yeah. And I got in front of Mike, and I was like, man, this is a jiu-jitsu guy. I'm going to piece this guy up, you know. <laughs> I didn't have any idea, you know, he strikes some, man. He yeah. came out, and he, he looked good, man. Yeah. I, I'd never seen him strike, and he looked really good. Didn't he hit a candy basami at one point? Uh, maybe. Not on me. Not maybe on, on you. you. I, I don't even know what the think, fuck th- that is. Yeah, the scissor throw, bro. Scissor throw where you jump over the leg. Somebody grabs a single leg. Because, like, jump I remember. I have always called I just call that a leg scissor. I got you. I remember going down there one time with you to Allen's and, like, him throwing it. And I'm like, okay, so that's that's cool to throw because that's my favorite judo right. throw. But like, but it's every, so frowned upon. Yeah, it's frowned yeah, upon because it's, it's easy to blow knees yeah, out. Absolutely. With that. And yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool, we can throw that. I'm yeah. happy here. Yeah, uh, but the thing about it is, dude, you can throw that straight to so many heel hooks. Oh and, god, I mean, you've got so many. That's how it was. Anderson got submitted by. I was the, just uh, about to bring Asian that up. Guy. Yeah, I don't remember, I don't remember his, who it I, is. I don't know his name. Yeah, but Yushin Okami. Nope. Yushin Okami. Nope. Wasn't that the one? His loss Yushin Okami was from an illegal up kick. It was from a no name guy. He did lose Yushin Okami, but I always did, said, uh, dude, always jumps, dude jumps to that little, he did a ju- little he, crap throw yeah, or whatever, yeah. the, whatever the common. We've always known as cannabis zombie, but uh, that's cool that you that's cool that you know with the man. That was throw. that was a big thing. Larry and Michael always made us do is remember the Japanese name for the judo yeah. throws. You know, I'd be in school and instead of studying for a test, <laughs> I'd be studying Japanese names. I I used to do the same shit. I just didn't do it for the Japanese. I just when I was in school, I would just write right. write notes combos for jujitsu. Yeah, like right. I would just like write every detail on how to do a arm bar. You know, and I was trained by like a blue belt. You know, right, like I didn't, right. know, I didn't know shit. But. I always said that like if bare knuckle ever pisses me off, I'm going to go out famous. <laughs> because I'm either going to hit that candy basami on somebody and submit them, or either I'm going to do a jump spinning hook kick and land it and be done. Look, that, oh, yeah. that, 
that you just box. raised David Feldman's eyebrows right now. <laughs> he's, he's like, Let him look, David. All you gotta do is give me a fight. I promise. I'll just keep it with punches. Give him a fight, David. Come on. Come on, David. Get him a fight, bro. Come on, David. Come on, David. Look, that fight that I think y'all judged last, the one I lost, the decision on. Um, that's funny because I think we've all no, I've I've never judged one of your fights that you lost. I judged one of your fights and I judged against you. I'm sorry. That's and you, cool. And you've judged against me too. Uh, was it which fight was it? Uh, the one here in Columbus. That, that um, last boxing was that, fight. I'll, I'll be no, uh, against me. Uh, it was you were fighting a dude from Florida, Brooks Conley. Okay, I don't know. Dude, I took that fight on a week notice. It was so stupid. He and, had to cut twenty pounds in a week. Yeah, I've been. Nah, it was like twenty five thirty. But that anyway, makes, that makes me want to throw up just thinking about I, it. Just, I, uh-huh. I took that fight, man, because it was like a risk benefit thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it was the opportunity to fight on a world champion. It was, it was, Look, it was opportunity to fight in Brazil. Your uh, your opponent got mad at me in the locker room because I gave you a round. Me and him almost got in a fight in the locker room. Dude. Because so I gave you one of the rounds. Somebody told me I got second round because I was throwing so many submissions. At I gave you the second round. Yeah. I, I gave you the second round. Even though he was on top. God, of I wish I'd have known that. And he, <laughs> because you, because you were, he was on top the whole time and he was. Hell, I wish I would have known that. <laughs> he, he was, uh, he was like creating more damage. He no, dude was damage. tough. Dude was tough, but I, I could beat him. Like, but I for sure could beat him. I was yeah. in shape. He was in, I you were, like you were in on a leg lock the whole round. Right. Like, you were, like, moments away from finishing a toehold or a hook, like, the entire round. So, I was like, fuck, man. Like, he didn't cre- he didn't cause that much damage right. that round. Right. The first round, he won. The second round, he w- you were in on a leg lock the whole time. And, like, I was like, I'm going to give it to the other guy. Well, then he, he won the third. Right. right. So, we go to the locker room, and he wa- he walks back to the locker room. And he's like, hey, man, you were one of the judges on that fight, right? I was like, yeah, I did. He said, uh, how'd you have it scored? I, I said, 28, 29, your way. And he didn't realize, like, now I, I am a little bit more jujitsu, like, but back then. You ready to sling hands. <laughs> I'm al- I'm always, like, an MMA guy. Like, yeah. I'm an MMA guy first. Like, I, right. like I'm a black belt in jujitsu, but my, my my history my and my style is all like, MMA-oriented. I don't do a lot of geese shit. It's just not my thing, right? right? So he was like, uh, he was like, what, what round did I lose? I was like, well, it was really close, but I gave Dustin the second round because, like, it looked like you were on the verge of tapping, like, Almost the entire round. No, nah, man, I I remember I think one of the toe holders, I'm feeling like, feeling something mm-hmm. know, crack. Yeah. Know, pop. You know. I don't blame I don't I believe it because it, you were but right. That's on just it. one of those things like toe holes, man, like competition, nobody's probably gonna tap from. Yeah. You know, I mean just it's not but you, but, but you can explode somebody's ankle with a toe hole. Oh, you absolutely. Right. You can absolutely. Same thing with a heel hook. Right. Like a, like a toe hole is the same thing as a heel hook. Like a toe hole is not that painful. That's uh, why you busted out of the toe hole. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> what did you have in the toe hole? Bro, look, I have been trying for the last eight <laughs> years to tap this man. I have not tapped him in eight years. Really? I That well, has been my goal. He, he, he let me crack his ankle yeah, earlier today. My, he went, I went for a uh, bottom side uh, uh, heel hook on him a while ago, and he yanked up on my heel, and my, my, my ankle went cracked about three times. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if you had to give him the option of cutting his leg off or tapping, he's going to cut oh, his I leg off. Oh, I let it crack. I mean, I didn't tap. But it, I mean. did, it did pop. It did pop. It popped like three times. I was like, damn. I was like, he wants this a lot more than me. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm just training, bro. Like, it, like I'm not trying to get hurt. Well, it's the, we understood, Yeah. obviously, as all fighters that hear this are going to know, we come to a new gym. We've never been here before. Yeah. We're coming here for a podcast. So obviously we knew your guys are like, all right. Yeah. We're gonna show these guys what's up. We just know how our guys are when they hear about new guys. Most of the, the guys y'all train with today, other than Dan and Richie, 
because uh, you may roll with some of the other. Most of them were newbies. I roll with Matt. Bro, both of your state trooper new. guys. Yeah. But uh, both of your state trooper guys were super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, yeah. I loved yeah. rolling with them. Lawrence been trying. Max brand new. Max, he he's super strong. Yeah, no, he is. Super, if, yeah, he, if he will learn jiu-jitsu, yeah. if he'll I stick think, with it and learn jiu-jitsu, he'll be super he's good. Gonna be I think a force. it was Lawrence. Yeah, Lawrence has been trying a little bit longer. Dude, Lawrence sit there cool. and shut down everything I threw at him. <laughs> yeah. like, Dude, he's probably one of the pound-for-pound pound strongest people I've ever rolled with, for real. Oh, my he God. So he he's super strong. Is he in the black rash guard out there? I think so. Yeah, I don't think y'all yeah, rolled yeah, together. That, that was him. Okay, I think he rolled in late because I was striking when he came in. Yeah, they were. He got me in a scarf hold and caught me in a bent arm lock from scarf hold. And I was like, yep, I know this. I know where this is. Yeah, he's damn. If he would get his head straight, he would be fucking phenomenal. Lawrence or Matt? Lawrence. Both, yeah. Lawrence for sure. Lawrence is one of these people, like, he's been training a long time. He's a purple belt. So Lawrence is a state trooper too? He's a state trooper as okay, well. Nice. Yeah. Max, a newer state I got state a trooper. ticket and tap by a state trooper. <laughs> That's just the lovely thing about That's it. That's it, man. That's it. He, uh, Lawrence is so athletic and so strong, it actually has held his jujitsu yeah. back. Yeah. It, and, and you see There's that. There's a lot of guys like that, though. Yeah. Man. I was that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was I was I athletic was. and strong. You weren't. I was the tall, lanky kid. He's like, I immediately had to learn technique. Scoot that mic in just a little bit. <laughs> Didn't I, you, had, I had you to just learn got your brown. You can move the mic to you. Uh, like, a month and a half ago, I think. Yeah, that's oh, what's that's what's up. Yeah. Uh, brown, to me, like, as far as, like, rolling, brown belt and black belt is the same thing. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, in terms of in terms of teaching, that's right. where your brown belt and black belt gets well, the man, separation. Well, me and him started in traditional jiu-jitsu, which, you know, uh, and Judo – basically broke off from judo and did right. kind of the ground side and mm-hmm. then judo did the stand-up side and we kind of did the coast and judo side you know yeah and me and him got ranked at black belt at like 18 19, 19 i think yeah something like that in coast and judo you know and that's where our base of jiu-jitsu came from and then we started training with uh johnny and Jarrett and all those guys i don't know 20 21 years old and, mm-hmm. and then we i basically just put a white belt back on and started back over again right you know because so it's a different thing it I mean, is, it's, it's it a little is, different it is, yeah it is um I knew it was coming because when we competed with each other yeah, in, in, yeah, uh, in AGF, AGF, when oh, the, when snap, the th- that's right, I knew I knew you from somewhere. When the when the competitor list come out, I was telling Jake, and he was like, "Damn, he's still blue. He should be purple easily." Yeah, and, easily. And then yeah, it that's when it I wasn't was a month white belt. Later. I was trying really hard not to tell later. Wes that he was going to get smashed. It was a month of, later. <laughs> you got your purple belt. I was trying really hard because yeah. he was. They were competing. Y'all competed competed at blue belt. We competed with Nogi advanced. Advanced, yeah. Well, he but took yeah. everything I had not to yield finally when he this man got his brown belt. I, yeah. that's what I, I'm I saying. literally yeah. was trying not to disrespect my instructors yeah. by yelling finally. Well he was telling me he was like, damn, he's t- he should be easily be purple or brown. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking I'm like, dude, Dustin's been trying as long as me. Yep. You know, like like yeah. Dustin's been trying all, all, at least almost like when did you start doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu? I started doing well, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu at 21. And I started doing Jiu Jitsu okay, so like at seven, eight. seven, eight years ago. Okay, so still. At eight years old. And then I trained from like eight years old to like 10 years old. And uh, you've been fighting MMA how long? Uh, since I was 19, I had my first fight. But so I had my first kickboxing fight at like 16. Yeah. So I fought a couple kickboxing fights from 16 to 18. I don't remember how many it was. Three, four. Like Caleb. so, you've been—I mean—you've been training almost, almost as long as I've been training twelve. Well, I'm not gonna lie, the, the four shots at the thirteen to twenty-seven. Have got me buzzing right now, so I'm a little uh, thirteen to twenty-seven. That's, everybody comes on the show. That's what happens. Like everybody comes in. I'm a lightweight man, literally, both in fight, fight weight, and in alcohol. I'm just trying to be I'm responsible because somebody's got to drive. Home. Somebody's got to drive home. I feel you, bro. I I'm gonna you. need to go sweat after this. <laughs> like uh, you were talking about, you wanted to train after the podcast. 
And I'm like, Jay's bro, like, no, ain't nobody training after this podcast, cuz. Like ain't happen. nobody training after this podcast. We're going to be several shots in. I'm not training after this podcast. I'll train before. Look, so, the only time me and this man went to New Orleans, and I don't even remember why, but we, we found out New Bourbon Street closes. Oh yeah, I did not know what did not know that until the end. We found out Bourbon Street closes. Yeah, I didn't know that. You we just drove. Told me something. We we drove back, <laughs> and the next morning, we had to go train at Black Sales, Ooh. and we oh, are just sweating. Wow. You, hold on, point. you drove back that night? No, you're thinking about a different time. You're thinking about uh, uh, JJ's uh, bachelorette ah, okay. party okay. thing. That's what you're okay. thinking about. We went training that bachelor, morning. Not bachelorette. Ba- bachelor. That's what I mean. Sorry. Uh, you're thinking about that time. Yeah, we got up we the got next up morning. We got trained that morning. But for the record, Bourbon Street does close at like 6 a.m. Yeah. Did not know shit. that. I until didn't know But we got back, and I mean, me and Dustin are just laying against the floor, and we're like looking to each other and <laughs> laughing. And our coach, Randall Powell, like smelling like, alcohol on like, us. <laughs> what's wrong with you two? Nothing, coach. Nothing. <laughs> we're good, coach. We're good. We're good. Put, put we're good. Down, coach. <laughs> I'm good, coach. I believe I'd have probably uh, bitched out that morning if I'm being honest. I don't know why we went. I don't know. I don't even think we had fight. I don't. I don't know what went. Why somebody we had a fight camp. Yeah, that's I think what it was. It was. We're trying to go help somebody. You know what though? I respect the shit out of that because one of the hardest things with fighters is training getting partners. them to show up when they yeah. don't have fights coming up to help their training partners. Right. That is like, as a coach, because you're like, dude. This Don't, guy put in the same work as you did. Right. You need to show up for him. That's, even that's how I feel. Even if you rest after your round with him, if you're out of shape, give him one good three to five minute round and go sit your ass on the bench and right. get you some air. Right. But show the fuck up, man. And for another thing, okay, and from a coaching standpoint, this drives me crazy too. How fighters only want to train when they have fights coming up. Like – for oh, themselves. Yeah. This man has chewed me out God knows how many times over text messages. Like, bro, this is the reason why you're not feeling good right now. Because how many times have you trained outside of the gym yeah. without a fight coming up? We right. had the conversation the other day. Yeah. You know, you were training like hell in quarantine because you were bored. Yeah. I was, you got out of quarantine and you had done much. You know, so I place. was getting to go back to the gym. So it's like, how many times have you trained outside of the gym since you've been out of quarantine? This has been like three or four Kev's weeks. like, none. I was like, that's what that's what any fighter needs. They need a teammate, yeah. Not only a teammate, but a good friend, yeah. That will hold them accountable and call them on their bullshit, right? And that's the best thing I think that's kept me and him friends for so long. The thing about it is, okay, when you're getting ready for a fight, fight camp is not the time to improve. Fight camp is for getting in shape. Okay, fight camp is for cutting weight and getting in shape. I say that all the time. Improvement happens outside of fight camp, exactly. So if you're if you're let's say you're fighting two to three times a year, okay. Six, eight weeks, however long you do your fight camp for, you're getting in shape for that fight. You're cutting weight. Outside of that time, you're still training every day. You're improving. And that was like when my jujitsu and my striking and everything, whenever I saw it improve was when I, I changed my mindset. And I was like, all right. Like, for me now, training is just part of life. Yeah. For me now, training, this is just what I do every day. You're it's like gonna, brushing your teeth. You just right. got to do it that day. I, I just got to do it. I'm going to get up and I'm going to train. I'm going yeah. I'm, I'm to go gonna work out. You're going to think I'm crazy. My jujitsu got better when I started doing bare knuckle. Because it wasn't like work for you right, anymore. You need, first of all, you need to close that bottle. <laughs> you ain't got to do another one. Me and Wes, me and Wes will take one more. Oh, I'm not a bitch. All right, well, don't so, be no I mean, bitch. Take one more. Don't but, be a bitch. Uh, Pass it over then. But uh, my jujitsu got better when I started doing bare knuckle because I no longer was worried. Like I was constantly in a fight game. Like when I fought right. Bobby Taylor, which I think he trained somewhere around Tupelo, about an hour north of here. Okay. 
When I fought Bobby Taylor, first of all, that is the only man that's ever in 27 fights or 23 fights has given me the fear of being knocked out. Really? His name, Old Dirty Bastard, rings 100% true. Really? But uh, I don't actually. It's funny because I used to train at that gym and I don't know him. Like that was like my home gym for a while. He uh, when I fought him in MMA, man, it was it was ridiculous. Okay, so y'all fought MMA, not yeah, boxing. Yeah, we fought MMA, and um, because of that, man, I was just I was to a point of I was staying in fight camp for so long that I was stressing. Every time I would do jiu-jitsu and I get submitted, I'm like, I just lost a fight. I just lost a fight. I just yep. When I went to bare knuckle, I started going to more open mats. I started because all I was trying to do at that point was cut weight. You were thinking so, about MMA. Yeah, or, I was I was literally just training to have fun. Yep. I got back in the mindset of I'm doing jiu-jitsu because it's fun. Mm-hmm. This is no longer why I'm trying to live my life, which I'm the opposite of a lot of guys. I want to make my money fighting. Mm-hmm. As as much as that, as crazy as that sounds, bare knuckle is where I plan. I plan to be the 165 champ. If I got to give him a fight, David. You know, if I got to beat three or four more guys to get back in 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 their good grace, fine. Sign me up on a on a toe the line card. I don't care who I got to fight. I just got to fight. But now because of bare knuckle, I've been able to do jujitsu just because it's fun. Right. That was I actually had the very similar experience because I quit fighting in 2014. Uh, I fought – I, I won a couple in a row, but not against, like, super tough guys, but I won a couple in a row. And then I started really focusing on my gym and growing the business side. And then now I just train because I love to train. Exactly. So I train all the time. So my jiu-jitsu has improved so much over the past couple of years, not because – Because there's no pressure. Yeah, there's no pressure. When I've got a fight coming up, like you said – Dude, I'm like stressed out of my mind the whole the whole time. Like I'm like I'm trying to force shit that's not there. I'm like thinking about. I have about- to I have to recreate the scenario anytime I box because uh, if I don't, then every time I get punched, my mind immediately goes to that's a cut in bare knuckle. Yeah, that's a cut. That's a fight finisher. Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And I have to remind myself it's time to have fun. This man has had to literally grab me by the head and like, dude. Go out there and have fun. Yeah. Quit fucking worrying about winning and losing. Just go out there and have fun. The Jim Allers fight was probably the funnest fight I ever had, and it was the hardest fight. That's the picture that you used. Mm-hmm. That was me after, I think, the third round. Yeah. Just bloody. Everybody, Jim Allers knocked me down. Jim Allers had knocked me out. I had knocked out every one of his opponents before me. First and round, too, right? Within the se- within the second? first two rounds. Okay. Because I think Julian Lane made it to the second okay. round. But... We went to Florida, and it was me, Dustin, my mom, dad, and my dad's girlfriend. That was the only people there for me. That was the only people that could afford to get there to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Miami, Florida. All the rest of the crowd was there was with Jim Allers. By the end of that fight, I could hear people yelling, Lionheart. I earned a lot of respect that fight because I was the first man to take Jim Allers five rounds. And both, I I still got the picture, and I should have sent it to you to post but I've got the picture of me and Jim both sitting in the back getting stitched up. Our hands are swollen, and we're just laughing. His wife comes back there. I'm pissed because I lost this fight. His wife comes back there and says, dude, you have nothing to be mad about. Like You gave my husband the biggest fight of his life. And to this day, Jim Allers has always offered. Anytime you want to come to Florida, and that's what I love about this sport. Mm-hmm. As long as you have a good attitude, 
you make friends and you make new training partners. Right. Anytime I get the chance to go down to Florida, I'm going to go train with Jim Allers. Yeah. But a lot of people don't realize that in that first round, he knocked me down. Everybody thought I tripped. I told him, I was like, no, he hit me hard straight to the temple. And I didn't hear the ref t- counting until he got to, to six or seven. Damn and I managed shit. to. Damn. I managed to get my head right enough to the point that I pushed it the next four rounds, and we went to decision. And to this day, that has been the best and funnest fight. Even though I lost, I still felt like I won because yeah. I left my mark in in Miami, Florida. Yeah, I mean that's what you want. You know what I mean? Like and like you were talking about. Um, forget about winning and losing. Thinking about think about having fun. Think about being perfect. Think about the processes. Think about it's a lot of pressure, man. When yeah, you're all you think about is winning and losing. Because that's not a controllable factor. Right, we talk. Exactly. We, I've talked about that on here before. Like winning and losing is not controllable because you're not really in control of who you're standing in front right, of. Exactly. You're you're Skill only level, in, yeah. yeah you're only in control of you. You could be fighting John Jones. You could be fighting some schlub off the street right. that sucks, but you focus on having fun and being perfect. You focus on doing you what you, be, exactly, yeah. you exactly. Beat by, you beat John Jones by wearing eye goggles. That's all That's all I'm saying. By wearing eye goggles. <laughs> you guys have any eye pokes? Protect, no. <laughs> protect the eye pokes. That's a, jo- that's a joke. I, mean, I, I actually like John Jones as a fighter. Yeah, I do too. I do Compliments too. of Captain Insano. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, like you just you, you never know who's standing in front of you, and so if you go out there and perform poorly and you don't do the things you're supposed to do, but you win because you're fighting some fucking tomato can, you shouldn't be proud of that performance just because you won. I to- you know I've mean? told promoters, including David Feldman, I don't want to fight cans. I don't want to build my record up. Uh, we we went, when we went to California, the guys told us like, dude, let them pad your record, fight these guys. Well, they because I agree with that to a certain degree. But. Pad, but they were like. They basically said, like, fight your toughest fights when you get to the big leagues. You yeah. Know, that's basically what they were saying. I, I actually Don't have all your that. wars at the at the, yeah. the low level. I actually know. do agree with that, depending you on have what. so many chin shots. Right. I agree with yeah, that to a certain yeah. degree. I, from a management standpoint, because I manage a lot of my own fighters. And so when I'm, like, when I'm managing pros that are trying to go to the next level, I'm like, all right, like, you don't worry about it. You just let me handle the matchmaking. Yeah, you're a debuter. You don't even and, be fighting a five and zero guy. Right. Let me get you. Let me get you a couple of decent. Especially if I think that you have what it takes. And I think that a lot of fighters just need to be honest with themselves. Yeah. Well, I was about and to a say, lot of managers. One of your guys are well. I say guys. One of your girls, Hannah Guy, I fought Jenny Savage on the same card that I fought Jesse at. Yeah. I think they were the co-main event to mm-hmm. our main event. I didn't realize that was the same card. And yeah. um, and she just made her debut. Uh, with Sheena Starr at uh, and looked phenomenal. Yeah. Jenny Savage did, but um, but I just thought that was funny how like how small the world is coming. Bare Knuckle is all over. Yeah, and here it is. You know, these local people from just a couple of states over are now making making their names. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, I can't remember who. Hannah, Hannah, Hannah won that destroyed fight. Destroyed. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, that was and, and nothing against Jenny Savage because she was a great sport about it. She's, she's a good striker. Is her striker yeah. be, striking better than her ground? Is that? I, I, I think like, Hannah beat her everywhere. Really? Okay. I and feel, I feel like most of her fights she's lost been on the ground. Hannah's like, a very strong grappler, yeah. but um, because Hannah fights like I do too much. She yeah. fights like a man. She fights like, she, like a tall man. Because you trained her. Yeah, she fought. She she has an outside fighter approach mm-hmm. to her striking. So she she mm-hmm. she when she's the taller fighter, she does really well. See, that's the funny thing because me and Dustin were trained by an inside fighter. Really, Larry Engel is like five literally nine, five foot yeah. eight, five foot yeah. nine. So we're over here six feet tall, and when Bang, guys try to get to on the inside of us. We're fine with stepping toe to toe and just doing the whole Max Holloway. Fine, let's let's plan and go. Yeah. Let's. 
I don't care if I get hit. Yeah. See, I fight. I fight very outside outside fighters. See, because to me, once like we get inside, I'm just gonna grab you. We're gonna clinch. I'm gonna throw knees and elbows. I'm gonna take you down. I you accepted know? a long time ago. I'm not a pretty person. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like okay. It's, it's okay if I get hit, as long as I win the fight. I don't mind getting hit. You, you know, me to be honest, what I've always had an issue with is my gas tank. And I will have fighters that will be doing the exact same thing as me. They won't gas. I think it's my nerves. Yeah. I have a really bad, like, anxiety. Put a lot of pressure on yourself, man. Yeah. I, I, do the same I can thing. almost yeah. tell you when I'm going to lose a fight. When me I too. walk out to the cage and I am more anxious than I am excited, yeah. I'm going to lose that. If fight. I'm excited to be there, I'm always, at, I'm, I'm always, I always do well. If I'm, like, relaxed and having fun, I do well. But I put a lot of pressure on myself. And, and it was one of the things, like, I don't want to be a fighter because. Like I enjoy fighting, but I I definitely don't want to do it for a living. You know, like I just right. I just like it. You know, I I just like doing it. Like I like I like coaching. I like you know I like making and I don't to, want to cut grass for the rest of my life. So <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying to do it for a living. That's true, but you could set up systems in that grass cut business. You can make a million dollars and and have we employees. Trying, we trying. Like and, I said, I I quit working for the state. January fourth, got COVID for two weeks, and I've been rolling nonstop just. Like when I realize I can make more, I'm making more money right now than I would if I had got signed to the UFC. Yeah, and I'm just doing the same thing. Well, people I'm training really, and coaching. People think and, that once you get signed to the UFC, you're making the big bucks. But if you look not, at the prelim yeah, cards, these guys aren't making but thirty five, forty thousand a year, which Dude, compared to what I was making with that, the state, a couple cards ago, great. I was seeing some guys getting paid the same thing you were getting paid. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. You know, I mean, Dude, it's ridiculous. Not, not, no, not no knock at Baron Oakle, but I'm saying. UFC compared to Baron Oakland. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It feels like that bottom that bottom guy should be getting paid a little bit. Well that's bit why more, that's why know? they're looking for them former UFC fighters like Paige Van Zandt and right, stuff like right, that. Right. You know, they look they looking to bring them followers over to yeah. start charging thirty nine ninety nine for a pay per view. She she hasn't even fought yet for Baron Oakland. She's right. fight she's fighting this Saturday. Yeah. Or oh, Friday. Right. Okay, fifth, whatever. Yeah. February fifth. The fifth, yeah. 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 I, I, you know the, the, I'll be happy when she fights that way people will quit trashing her. Because yeah. I mean, people don't realize she's got hands. Yeah, she's she's, she's a hands. gamer, dude. Yeah. She's a gamer. I think that I don't know. People people like to trash people just because Trolls, that's man. that's, that's just human nature. Warriors, man, they just yeah. fucking do it. I I just don't. Give me some more fucking Doritos. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a group, I'm in a group <laughs> chat with a lot of bare knuckle fighters. Yeah. And the second Paige Van Zandt got signed, bro, I Dustin knows because I've uh, I bitched and complained about it because they I, I literally have to mute them for like eight hours yeah. at a time. Because all they will do is just trash her, and I'm just like, just what, let the girl yeah. fight. That's yeah. like, them off. They just, they you know, just let her fight, bro. Just let her fight. You know, she's obviously tough. People, just, I think they're just hating on her because she's pretty. Honestly, I think that's what it is. Yeah. She's pretty, so they hate on her. You know, like, oh, well, she, she don't look like she you can't fight. help the fact that she's got like what three or four million followers. So yeah, she's of pretty. Course, of course, Bear Knuckle is going to yeah. sign her. Right. Yeah, yeah. If Bear Knuckle could get a hold of Ronda Rousey and anybody else, they would sign her. Fuck I yeah. Promise. Absolutely. But Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. She knows. don't want those problems. No, no. she doesn't. And she can't grab and throw to the ground. That would be a submit. terrible, no. terrible game plan. That would be a terrible career move for her. She needs to stay in WWE. Um, <laughs> you know, like if that's the only other career option, because that's not, that's not her game. But I'm just saying like, well, hell, she's a farmer now, ain't she? A what? A farmer. I follow her on Instagram. I ain't gonna be ashamed to admit it. I don't. I don't have no idea, bro. Dude, I haven't she, seen nothing she, out of her in a long dude, time. Dude, she it's farms chickens. That's what she does. She farms chickens. Holy shit! That's a that's a career step right there, <laughs> from the greatest female fighter in, in history to a chicken farmer. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know, man. Right, I ain't, I ain't gonna say nothing because some of them chickens got a bigger chest than I do. So. <laughs> right, 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 right. 
I mean, and a lot of people, a lot of people kind of. She was another one. A lot of people were hating on. Like I hate that they did her wrong with the Amanda Nunes fight. Yeah. She ain't fought in like a year and a half. You gonna bring her back and fight somebody like Amanda Nunes? Yeah, that is ridiculous. I never liked her. I didn't care. For Ronda her. Rousey. No. I mean, she just kind of have a bad attitude. She, but, yeah. she did kind of have a bad attitude, but I think she was just playing a part. Yeah, I do. Think so. I think. She, I think the Ultimate Fighter fed into a lot of that yeah. too. Yeah. Could I you, that yeah. Could you imagine? It made her though, seem like she was. A you're bitch. the world's most loved female fighter, and the second you lose, you go to bed that night already mad at yourself, and you wake up the next morning, and the whole world is trashing Bro, That's you. just the story right. of fighting, man. You're that's only as it. good as your last fight. That's yeah. just what everybody that's remembers. That's the way it is. Remember your that's last the way fight. it is. Like, like, I hate it. Like, I mean, you, you talked about it before the podcast started. The knockout fight yeah. with me and Vistante. I hated it for that man. I checked on that man. That man retired after that fight and then oh, decided shit. to come back. I'm like, bro, like, I, I literally messaged him. on Like, I had a buddy of mine message me the night after the fight. He's like, bro, you retired that man. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, he sent me a link to Twitter. And this man was like talking about how he was done. He was just going to focus on his family. I'm like, hey, bro, look, I want you to first and foremost know you you supported your family by being a warrior. Mm-hmm. Like this man was from Hawaii. I'm like, bro, you got to understand shit's going to happen. But didn't right. he get picked yeah. through the bare knuckle tryouts? Yeah, he went through yeah. the bare knuckle tryouts. And I mean, he's like, legit. I mean, he was a good guy. I mean, yeah. Good fighter, well, look at, it, look at it like this. I, as a fighter, okay, look at it like sparring. All right, there's going to be some days you come into sparring and your shit's just not working. Yeah. Your shit's just off. I felt that way today. That's why I wasn't like going out of my way to spar with you guys because I was like, dude, my shit just felt off. Like I was just, my timing was off. I don't, I'm not doing as much stand up right now. Like I'm kind of like a lot of sparring the last few months, and today was the most sparring I got. Yeah, same. I I felt it was, it was, it was new. Yeah, not new, but I'm saying even your amateur guys were giving me work. I'm like, yeah, like uh, I don't remember the guy's name. Richie, Dan. Probably Richie. Richie, Richie. Yeah. Richie could he be. He has so much movement. Yeah, yeah, he he could be a lot better if he would like get his shit together. Right. Because he's only two and zero as an amateur, but he's been training since he was like 13, 14 years old. Okay, that explains. Yeah, that. he mostly jujitsu because he he'll dest- he destroys jujitsu tournaments. Yeah. And he's super athletic, and then he's he's got a lot of movement and he and stuff, but he like and he's really really quick. He could be real because the dude he fought, he was one and zero and beat a guy that was three or four and zero in his second amateur fight out of Arkansas. He could be really, really good. He just got some like getting his personal shit work. Like anytime right. you're doing fighters, I will say this: your guy Dan was probably the most respectful guy I've ever met. Like he had nothing but respect when we were in there sparring. Like. He was he was throwing shots, giving shots. The second he thought he threw a hard shot, he was immediately asking like, "Hey man, you cool?" Yeah. I'm like yeah, man, bro, don't he? he I think he's Richie realized dude, yeah. I didn't have a mouthpiece in. He's like, "Oh shit, you don't have a mouthpiece? Are you good, man?" I was like, "Yeah, bro, I spar half the time. I without I never a spar with. I've got like so, fourteen chipped teeth from sparring without mouthpieces. I never fucking spar. This man gets on me all the time. He's like, "Where's your fucking mouthpiece at?" I'm like. I don't, I don't know, know. <laughs> bro. I, I would I will never do it now because yeah. I've got like so many chipped teeth and shit from sparring without a mouthpiece. Dan's a I like Dan. Yeah, Dan's a likable guy. Is that the guy in the blue shirt that was out here? Yeah, that was yeah. the guy you sparred last. Okay, I'm yeah, excited he was a cool to see. Guy. Him I felt fight. like a dick when I sparred him, man, because I was kind of throwing a combo and I got carried away with the overhand. Yeah, 
it kind of slung it kind of hard. Don't feel like, bad because he caught me with a he caught me with an uppercut straight to the chin. It felt pretty hard. <laughs> he was like, "Man, you throwing kind of hard at you." I was like, "Yeah, my bad, man. I'm sorry." He likes yeah. that uppercut. Yeah, he you worked on him a lot with that. On he he lost. Dude, a yeah. Tough anytime I put him against the cage and started running, he immediately went to the uppercut and landed. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. Like, is it a lead uppercut you're talking about? He likes yeah. it. And uh, he, was, he was trying to slip my jab a little bit through a lead one. I so I was surprised when he told me he was an amateur. I was like, "Dude, you're an amateur." Yeah, he boxed first though. To make to make you feel better, like. I'm a pro with like almost ten pro fights. Like yeah. you yeah. did amazing at five. Yeah, nine. yeah. So but he's thirty cool. years old. He's he spot. He boxed first. He went to the Man, military. First of all, I'm gonna tell you this for the you have any fights for everybody. Boxing? Yeah, age don't mean shit when it comes to fighting. Yeah, well, I'm just saying that because he's been training a long time. Like he's thirty years old, and he and he like he's not gonna fight amateur much longer. You know, he's he wanted to go pro after his last fight. Yeah, that but he lost. Fight. He, he fought your fights. He see, he fought he? overseas a lot. He so fought, like uh, in the states, okay. he's only had four amateur fights. But he fought in Hungary and shit like that. Yeah, he, okay. he lived in he lived oh, overseas, yeah. and he fought he fought a few times over there. And was he, he in got, the military or something? Yeah, he was a marine, and that's, was. that's where that's his family's from. But that's his family. Yeah, one of our striking coaches, Josh Craig, he he's fought a lot overseas. Yeah, a lot. Overseas. See, and he fought. What's his name? That guy. He's a that wrestler out of Memphis, Cameron Hall. Cameron Hall. Do y'all know Cameron Hall? Yeah, yeah he fought. He, he, he fought one of our our amateur fights. Yeah, he's he's like I think he's had one loss. That was a tough fucking. And it was a it was. A grimy fight. So he, he lost. He Dan won. lost the decision. decision. Cameron, what I remember, had a really good grappling. He's a really, really strong wrestler. Yeah. And see, the thing about Dan, when he turns pro, he really needs to be at 35. Right. And I think that's what he was telling me. He was, yeah. he was trying to find a catchweight fight at 140 and yeah. eventually wants to move to 135. Yeah. What does he walk around? And in? I told him, I was like, like come 50. to. Come to Black Sales. I was like, man, we got 135. Yeah, he, y'all got, he's, he sparred a couple of those guys before because they came to Tupelo. I think Josh Weems yeah, and Josh, yeah. a couple of people came uh, came yeah. to Tupelo and were sparring. He sparred with them. Problem is you have to let let our guys know, like, hey, I'm looking for a sparring match, not a fight. Not a fight. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's me, period. Because even if I fight again, like. I always let the guy that I'm sparring, especially, like, like coming here. Yeah. yeah. I let them throw the first punch. And yeah. I let it land. And if it rocks me, okay, cool. I know we're going hard. We're, we're about to fight. But if yeah. not, okay, cool. We're we're gonna touch spar. Yeah, you seem like you had a lot of. I mean, both of y'all did, but I was watching you because I was watching you spar with like a couple people that like because y'all sparred with a few guys that are like brand new. Like a lot of people that were out there today, like I, think, never, I don't remember the guy's name. He he's a crane operator. He's got the the fire. I call it the fireman mustache. No offense, Dustin. Yeah. But because I literally asked Adam. him in the middle of sparring, I was like, "Are you a fireman?" Just because yeah. you give oh, that vibe yeah. off. Yeah. But, yeah, like. Yeah, brand new. These guys are super green. But I, you're, oh, you're the tall really, guy with the tats. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's only trained. like He only him. gets to train like two days a week. And most of the time, a lot of time, that's jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I told him, I said, dude, you got good kick setups. Yeah. I was like, you know, I wasn't trying to throw kicks because I didn't have shin pads on. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to be that that guy. Mm -hmm. But, like, I mean, he was setting up combos really well. Yeah. And I, I was I was really impressed with him. Yeah. Like, to be only able to train two days a week. Right. He hasn't been training that long. He hasn't been doing that much stand-up. And then a lot of times the days he is training, he's doing jujitsu. He's doing jujitsu. So, I mean. I can't imagine, because, I mean, we've been doing this for so long. I literally can't imagine a day without training. Yeah. Like, COVID. COVID about drove me insane. Yeah. I, don't, I don't train COVID every day. A lot of shit up. Uh, yeah, COVID fucked me yeah, up fucked real a bad. Lot of stuff up. Yeah, I, it was. I'm actually in probably in better shape now than I was pre-COVID because I like. I definitely am. Yeah, I, I was started. like 215 pre-COVID. Really? Yeah, yeah. I pushed about 186. It's not the heaviest I've been because I've cut from in eight weeks. I've cut from 193 to 153 in eight weeks, but. 
as far as like in shape wise, yeah, the first week of COVID that I was isolated, I didn't do nothing but play video games and drink Mountain Dew. I did the same shit. And then finally, I was like, "All right, I can't, I can't keep doing this." Yeah, when they shut our gym down, I went and bought a PS4 and Red Dead Redemption, and I just oh, like, God, that's awesome game. I just that's went awesome. ham, dude. I just went fucking ham. And see, then, my competitive side won't let me, and this is why I keep trying to tell him to get into it. Apex is a competitive battle royale. I'm not good enough, man. And bro, good. like, I get I, mad, bro. You, a twelve year old yelling at me talking shit, bro. I, I literally had a twelve year old that I was on a team with tell me you should uninstall the game, bro. You're trash. And I wanted to go off so hard on this. That kid. just eats at you, them little. I'm gonna kids, fuck man. your mom later, bro. Yeah. Like, like, fuck you, dude. Anyway, all right, man. Well, look, we're 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 gonna wrap this thing up, man. I appreciate these guys coming on here. It's great to have Caleb Harris and Dustin De, De Puma. That's it. That's it. I, I cannot believe I've been saying your name wrong for man, ten years. Look, don't feel bad. School. Don't feel bad. Everybody a, in our school did it. Yeah, yeah, they, a, some people called him Diploma. Yeah, I had a coach call me Diploma. I, I didn't get it that bad. Oh, I called you Dustin De Puma for like, ah, dude, this whole time. Yeah, it's cool. I, all right, but anyway, it was great to have you guys on. We're gonna wrap this up, man. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I'll see. Hopefully, we can get you guys on again before a fight or after a fight when you get something coming up yes, or after bro, something. Anytime. Let's do it, bro. Maybe we can come down and get some more training Let's get some in. Cross training in, yeah. Let's yeah, do it, bro. Thank y'all so much for listening to Man Up Podcast. Do me a favor. If you're, if you're listening and you enjoyed the episode, do me a favor and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever you're listening on, Spotify, Google Play, um, anywhere you pick up your podcast and you're listening, man, leave us a review. That's how more people find the show. Um, and go check out these guys on uh, social media. Do you got a, anything you want to plug? Social media page? Or? Yeah, man. Um, I ain't really too worried about social media other than go follow our, pra- uh, our page, Primal Martial Arts. Primal MMA. And also, to anybody out there that's listening, man, I'm a big advocate for suicide awareness. Um, I've had family members that I've lost to suicide um, due to harsh drive. I've I've contemplated taking that deep plunge just because of bad situations. To anybody that's out there in the dark right now, let me be the light. Let, let Dustin be the light. Let Jake be the light. You know, man, uh, just keep moving forward. I promise you, things will get better. The day that you give up and decide to give in to the darkness is the day the darkness wins. Other than that, any other day, the light will win. I promise you. It may take time. It may take years. But keep walking forward. Eventually, you will walk out of that. And if you need to, hit me up at Lionheart2193. Message me on Instagram or Facebook at any time you want. I promise you, I will talk you through it. I appreciate that. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I t- and I and, and coming from and like I said, I know you guys don't listen to podcasts. You know, depression is something that I've dealt with a lot myself, and I've been I've been there and had like a lot of shit going on. So like and and have had to had had to rely on people around me to help pull me out of those like really dark times. So uh, it's awesome having somebody out there like right, bringing awareness or something like that. So anyway, badass. All right, thank you guys so much for coming on. We'll see y'all on the next episode of the Man Up Podcast. Peace. Brought to you by Relentless MMA and Fitness.